Welcome. You're listening to a Mr. Thrive Media production. M. Persico brings to the table a fresh new perspective of mental health and inclusivity in the narrative of arts and entertainment. I had the privilege of going to one of her events, and I learned a lot from being at that event. M. welcomes in a wide spectrum of narratives, a wide spectrum of diversity into her setting, and honestly, it's an incredible experience. They is a clown and a performer, musician, and the host of Emmy Co. Productions. They truly are a fun experience, and I get to learn all about that and more in this episode. Speaking of exciting events, we have our Pride Networking Party on June 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific Daytime. Also, it is the Networking Division's one-year anniversary, and we are excited to celebrate that with all of you. There's going to be free merch. We're going to have a drag queen show, not to mention performances by the LGBTQ community and more. Overall, it's been a privilege to put this event as well as all of our events together, and I just can't wait for you guys to experience it. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. You have stumbled upon the Mr. Thrive Podcast, where together we discover emerging artists, clown, musician, and host, M. Persigo. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I also use they, them pronouns, if that's something that people should bring up. Well, I think it's a very important part, and it's something that should be included in introductions. It's something that I personally am learning to do more often. And, mm. uh, you know, it's it's definitely interesting. I think we, we need to uncover that, especially as there's a challenge, depending on which setting you're in. We need to definitely talk yeah. about that in this interview. We're going to talk a lot about that yeah. as gender is very central to your work and what you do. But before we get right. started. And also, I didn't oh, even yeah. I didn't even think of doing it for my own podcast, really. I just thought of it now. Like, oh, maybe I should include it in the intro. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I think there's I think there's oh. I think there's a lot of inclusivity, a lot about inclusivity that uh, would benefit from uh, starting narratives with that kind of precedent. I couldn't agree more. But without further ado, we have our trivia warm up. Let's get this show on the road. So, oh man, feeling I ready? Feeling about good this. about I it? Should have worked out. Ooh, worked out my brain before the starting. This. Pumping those brain guns, huh? <laughs> <sighs> so hot. <laughs> All right. So, so here's the thing. I looked up trivia ahead of time in regards to clowns because. You are a clown. That's one of the many things that make you great and beautifully quirky. And uh, I looked up some trivia on clowns. So here we go. Okay. Question one. Joseph Grimaldi was a pantomime star from the 19th century whose fans came up with this nickname for clowns. Was it A, Maldi Paldi's, B, Joey's, C, Jomo Sapiens, or D, Grimaldi Reapers? Joey's. Brilliant. Nailed it. Great job. All right. I think I might have heard that one recently. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Question two. What is the correct word for the fear of clowns? Is it A, colrophobia, B, noctophobia, C, Venistophobia or D, chasophobia? <laughs> the last one sounds like you, but it's the first one. 
Brilliant. You're you're killing it. You're doing great. And yeah, the last one was named after me. There's a lot of people who have chasophobia, I find. So I just need to. Oh, that's so sad. It, it, my, my problem is when I go, hey, you know, I just like, like shout like hi. And I, I, I say hi too loudly. That's my problem. Yes. I walk around corners and surprise people. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's an extrovert issue for me, at least. I'm not extroverted. Uh, I was about to say, I don't think you're extroverted at all. <laughs> I'm an introverted light stepper through hallways, and then people are like, ah! ah! Jesus, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Question three. Williard Scott, who was the very first Ronald McDonald, was also famous for A, narration, B, radio, C, Underwater photography or D, A and B? Okay, let's go with A and B. A and B, the last one? Brilliant. 100%. You got it. Wow. Three for three M. You nailed it. Now that you're a winner, what are you going to do next? I don't know. An interview. An interview. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And that's the the introverted part of you right there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm very, like, literal. It's like, hmm, what am I going to do next? Yeah, well, I'm going to do an interview. Mm -hmm. What else would I be here for? Exactly. Yes. Perfect. Well, Em, I asked you to be on the show, and I'll admit for the second time because of an error on my part with the audio issue, but we're here to do this interview. And let's say the first round was a practice round because uh, I learned a lot about you. Uh, I've learned a lot about you this past month now I think about it. Uh, outside Outside of just doing the interview, I recently got to see the other part of what it means for you to be a host outside of just your podcast. You're also uh, hosting these, uh, you know, live performance events, these art shows. How's that going so far? Yeah. Well, the first one was a success, and the second one is coming up just this weekend on June 27th. That's incredible. Are your yeah. parents ready for this? Um, they keep telling me that I should clean up the yard, and I'm like, I'll do it when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're pretty much ready. Right, right, right. So your events are held in your in your parents' backyard. Um, yeah. and you've actually been able to create a business out of it. Like, like there was a charge, there was a, there was a cover charge to enter into the event, but you yeah. did provide a lot at the same time. Like there were snacks, yes. I, I, snacks, I, food, filming of the performances and a photographer. Yeah. I, I was the, I was the group dad. I, I cooked hot dogs. Yes. It was amazing. That was fun. I, I have a confession for you, Em. Uh, you've never grilled before? Yeah, exactly. I don't know why you had asked me in the in the first place, but I was like, all right, let's well, see if I can do it. That's all right. Anyone who will grill for me is a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. What yeah. made you ask and me? And you I have a know. great photo yeah. of you like holding up a hot dog. Yeah, like about to eat with it. With your mouth open ready. Yeah, yeah. What what made you ask Very. me? I'm curious. Well, I know you, and you were gonna come to the event anyways. And I figured you were a type of person who would be willing to help me. Well, they were some delicious hot dogs. I, I almost had way more than I normally do. And I, I'm That's glad okay. I didn't overdo it. <laughs> but funny. wow, what an amazing event. If Guys, if you got $10, you guys got to put it towards M's really amazing Outro. art shows. They're incredible. Yeah. The next one is June 27th, August 8th, and September 5th. On All of them are Sundays, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. So they're always Sundays from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. That's how they go? Yes. I love yeah, it. Yeah, because I figured that's a day where hopefully more people have it off. 
It's not Saturday night where all the extroverts go out. It's not Friday night where all everyone's trying to get off of work. And hopefully people have Sundays off. I don't know. Well, first of all, I want to say I feel very attacked when you call out Saturdays like that. Not okay. It's very, very hurtful oh, to, me and, to me and my extroverted don't, self. Do you go out? Uh, not, I mean, not typically. I went out for the first time this last weekend. Well, that's because of quarantine, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I wasn't ever a party person to begin with. I'm not a club person, me but neither. I did go to the club. And I got emotionally happy because I was just thinking about it like, oh, my God, like we're out of this. We're, we're mostly out of the pandemic. I'll say that. I'm not saying we're out of it completely, but we're mostly out of it. I've survived. I got my vaccine, a.k.a. the Fauci ouchie. Woo! And and I was just feeling absolutely incredible, like on the dance floor, like, oh, my God, I survived this incredible thing. I've worked hard. I'm here with my friends. Like, what a success story that is, you know? Like, I'm just mm. just thankful. Just really felt a bliss in that moment. Wow, that's so nice. Actually, my cinematographer, he commented on how I had put one of our, like, groups, like a writing group on Friday. And he's he even brought it up to me later. He's like, oh, yeah, I figured you didn't go out much because you put it on a Friday. <laughs> or, no, a Saturday. On a Saturday. And I was like, geez, I feel attacked. <laughs> yeah. As well. That's just rude. That's just rude. But nonetheless. Who were the guys you brought with you to my house show? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jewish that, friends? I, yeah, they, they were Jewish, yeah. Because you guys prayed. When did we pray? Right? I don't know. You guys held, like all held hands in a circle and like did things. Oh, that, that wasn't Didn't a Jewish. Didn't that happen? That wasn't a Jewish thing. That was just uh, bros being bros, doing like a, like a football huddle kind of thing. Really? Yeah. You thought we no were praying? Way. What else would people be doing? I just had like a huddle hands. moment. I was like, guys, huddle up. And we were talking. And that was it. <laughs> you thought <laughs> you thought that's what Jewish prayer that's looked funnier, like? That's funnier than what I thought it was. You thought it was a Jewish prayer. Oh, my God. That's Who knows? Okay. Those Christians out there, they hold hands and they pray. I've been to their events. Okay. True. How to hold a cute person next to you's hand. That's what it's about, isn't it? That's true. Religiously, how do you identify? I identify as um, atheist. Okay. Okay. And what yeah. are the religious practices of the atheist? No, I'm kidding. Um, totally kidding. Ah! I was just going to define it for you. Well, atheism doesn't really conform to religions. It's like the non-religion thing. Title. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, trust me. I, I know the non <laughs> what the atheism is. <laughs> no, but I, I, I get that completely. I, I get that. And... Um, I can understand why yeah. my people. But my, my family's background are all Catholic. So they have Catholic funerals in my family. Got it. Got it. Have you ever thought about, this is kind of a morbid subject I wasn't expecting to delve into. Have you ever thought about your funeral? Oh, all the time. Wow. I just did my will the other day. <laughs> Whoa. How'd that go? Yeah. Well, it was good because... I've been I always want to talk about like funeral stuff because I definitely don't want to be buried in a cemetery and I don't want to be in a box. I would rather be returned to nature either by like ashes scattering or like being put into a tree like base and be like nurture the tree for like years to come and just biodegrade with the earth. I actually saw this is an official thing where you can instead of uh, being put in a grave, you can get your body uh, in a pod, like basically a tree pod. Yes. 
and they'll plan it. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I would 100% want to get planted that way. And I wonder if they let yeah. me get planted, planted in a cemetery. It's so cute. It's cute. I love the idea of being planted. To be planted in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, not it's, just embalmed and put in a box like a claustrophobic old burrito. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> an old burrito. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that that gave me an image for sure. Oh my god, old yeah, burrito. See, it's, it's it's a weird feeling. I think a lot of your family just did a lot of turning in their grave just now hearing that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about your work as an artist as a clown and when did clowning start for you well most clowns feel like they've been clowns their entire life and then some end up getting training so i started getting training a few years ago after college after like i graduated in 2018 i had a year of being severely depressed and then i started to go to acting class and clowning and discovered how clowning was the best way for me to um unlock my traumas and social anxieties and become more comfortable as a person breathing and speaking normally to people and perhaps performing wow so it's would you say it's it's helped you get out of your shell oh definitely a shell that i was put into different times because of trauma and because of my awkward autistic traits, which um, shine way more when I'm just letting it happen and like being genuine with people rather than trying to mask it and trying to act normal like a typical person who knows how to respond to people when they ask them. So what do you have next after your um, trivia? <laughs> I had no idea. What, I don't know what you're asking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, we're, there's there's no more trivia unless you want trivia, but there's no more trivia. But no, uh, I don't like surprises. No, 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 <laughs> no more surprises. I promise you. Uh, fingers crossed. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And before we do that, I want to emphasize the fact that because of this pandemic, Mr. Thrive Media realized that we need to do a better job at supporting small business wherever we can. So enjoy. Finally, a better way to hold your phone. Introducing Steady Straps. Made here in the USA, Steady Straps are high quality, flexible straps that adjust to hold virtually any phone comfortably and securely. Steady Straps are washable and come in a wide range of colors and styles. See them all at SteadyStraps.com because they're so visible, they're the perfect promotional item to advertise your company message or logo. Learn more at SteadyStraps.com. That's SteadyStraps.com. Hey, Thrivers, do you hear a certain difference in quality? That's because this podcast quality is made possible by Squadcast. Virtual recordings have become easier than ever with Squadcast studio quality SaaS remote recording platform. This cloud-based technology secures your files and minimizes post-production for all podcast producers. And I should know because I am one. Heighten the experience of your podcast by clicking the link in the show notes below. This podcast is a Mr. Thrive Media production. Mr. Thrive Media builds communities through its content marketing and networking events. During this pandemic, our dedicated team commits to the value of connection by producing podcast content while extending a helping hand towards artists and entertainment professionals. Mr. Thrive Media puts its values first by supporting small businesses and empowering emerging artists. 
For more information, visit www.mrthrive.com. That's mrthrive.com. But I, I would like to say that, you know, I, I think it, it speaks to your strength as a human being, being able to, you know, use, as you said, the autism to your advantage and be able to, to grow from that and, uh, you know, overcome some of the traumas that you're describing, which, you know, I'll, I'll leave to you if you're willing to share with us yeah, about. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Like I've had abusive relationships with teachers in high school and after college where they basically wanted to bring me down or manipulate me into helping them do too many things all the time just exhausting my energy to the point of um burnout and then abandoning me and also like inflicting lots of harm it's hard to describe when if i don't go into detail like um I had a band teacher in high school who I helped with all the time with all the administrative stuff of like marching band and jazz band and all that stuff. And I would help. I would also learn instruments that the bands were lacking. Like I learned French horn for wind ensemble, which is the top ensemble. So that was very difficult. And it's, it took like money to buy a good French horn to make me sound better. The lessons were like $60 an hour over the summer. And I would practice over the summer. And then I learned bass guitar for a jazz band for the top jazz band where I've never played bass before, you know? And like, she wanted me to do this kind of marching French horn in marching band when I had auditioned for um, drumline, but I went against her wishes and ended up doing pit, which is the percussion of the marching band when I moved out of the clarinet section because of bullying. And so I did all these things. I ran for drum major. I didn't get drum major. And then at the end of the um, ceremony where people get like drum major and awards and clarinet captain and all these things, I was still the sound engineer. And the person who won drum major over me, he got, he got, he was also supposed to be the sound engineer with me and we were supposed to do the job together, but I always did all the work because he was in drum line. And so I took up all the work. He got drum major because he got to focus on it more. And then she humiliated me in front of the other instructors when I had just finished having all the sound engineer equipment packed up. I was just giving her the keys and then I was going to go home and cry about it, but not getting drum major. And then she asked me in front of two of the other instructors, instructors, do you even care? And then that's when I broke. I just start bawling because I don't like crying in front of people or showing weakness, you know? And so that was uh, all these things, just so many examples of this specific like example so many things had kept happening with this band leader and she's still at that high school you know and a lot of people now have stories about this psycho 
It's terrible. So, and then I had an acting coach who triggered similar traumatic responses, and I stayed with that acting coach for a year of of like continuous like abuse public abuse in the acting class like he once said i hate it when stupid actors ask stupid questions or something because i don't understand directions and i always had to go first and i make humor when i don't understand things to communicate and it's just lots of traumatic teachers well fuck that guy what a what a terrible person. i know yeah and you see me, I'm a comedic person, and that was not a comedic acting class. Yeah, that's not okay. That's Mm-mm. you know, it, it reminds it reminds me of the of the common school thought as to what is the most effective learning style. You know, is it auditory, video, kinetic learning styles? Is does what is it? How does it rely on its setting and whatnot? And I'm not even sure if that's if, if it's debated on which is better than which. There's not really an answer to that question because everyone has a different way of learning. I learned recently, Definitely. by the way, I learned re- recently that, you know, I've always thought all my life I'm a visual learner. And then I learned recently that there is something called kinetic learning and that I'm totally a kinetic learner that I need to actually. Where like, you do it while you're yeah, learning it? Yeah, the hands-on experience of it. And I realized like yeah. probably the different classes that I took that did involve kinetic learning are the ones I excelled in but otherwise I didn't really get much of an experience to really learn on that level um, oh totally so I mean I was a I was a B student myself yeah yeah not and not for lack of trying no not for lack of trying same because it really did not connect with me you know and screw yeah. those teachers man I'm, I'm so sorry that you were you know put in that position to be humiliated like that Thank you. Go, going back to Jewish, going back to Jewish wisdom yeah. for a second, since <laughs> since that's your favorite topic to bring up with me, is uh, they well, s- what else do I talk about? Yeah, Sound, what else do you talk about with me? But wisdom, beards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I would say that you know they they they, they explain the Torah that the uh, of course the worst sin that you could possibly commit is murder, right? But the second worst sin that you could commit is humiliation. Ooh. when you humiliate someone and uh it just speaks volumes on those pathetic people that called themselves teachers it's terrible sorry that happened to you wow that's interesting thank you humiliation wow that totally makes sense maybe you're jewish I like severus snape maybe i am 0.2 percent ashkenazi jewish really i didn't mm-hmm. know that well it's a small percentage yeah huh I wonder where in the lineage yeah. that happened. I don't know. I am very mixed in r- race. What are the other races? I'm Italian. Okay. And because my dad's half Italian. Okay. And he's half French, English. And then my mom is half Mexican and half Spanish. But the Mexican part is like a lot of native from Mexico, Native Americans from Mexico. Oh, wow. So maybe from like the Italian French side. I would imagine so. The, those those cultures blended more with with the Jewish faith back in the yeah. day, and they were just a little closer. Yeah, yeah. Physically, it's very interesting for sure. Um, yeah. I wanted to say one thing. I've been wanting to do is find out whether or not I'm related to Genghis Khan, because as it turns out, human beings on Earth in general, the whole, the entire human race, has the highest potential of being related 
to Genghis Khan out of all major historical figures in the world. Do you know why this is? Because he's had so many children. Yeah, he, he had all these concubines across Europe and Asia. Hundreds. Thousands. Hundreds of children. Thousands of children? Well, it's easy when you're a leader and you have many ladies to lay with. Right. I'm I'm not sure that it was consensual, by the way. Uh, oh, I doubt it. Yeah. And I'm sure there was plenty of syphilis he carried with him along the way. Whatever oh, STD. Horrible. But, you know, he was an Damn. asshole. And <laughs> he just fucked whatever was, was in his path, you know. But Oh, um, that's very literal. <laughs> very literal. But what I will say is that I actually do have a friend who is related to Genghis Khan, like by like one ten thousandth of a, of a DNA in his blood. And a uh, lot? yeah, you know, it's like, wait, what? You're related? And that's how I found out about it. It's not wild. Wow. I wonder if it, I don't, I didn't see it as an option on the 23andMe one. Maybe it's on the Ancestry one. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I wish. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do some research myself and see which one, what are the pros and cons of each of those DNA tests? Have you done a, D, a DNA test? Yes, I've used 23andMe. That's why I can go deeper into all the percentages of things I have. Were you happy with the results or was it too straightforward for you to be like, ugh? No, it was good because it even shows you on the map where your ancestors lived for a certain amount of time. As, you know. Oh, that's great. That's really, really valuable. Yeah, like it showed me like Jalisco, Mexico, where my Mexican Native American side is. And actually, more more of my DNA adds up to like more than 25% of Italian because I think my dad's side and my mom's side has Italian mixed in there. Wow, wow. Yeah, even though my dad's only half Italian, so they say, because his grandparents are fully Italian and his father was Italian and his grandparents made Italian food and uh, were part of the East Coast um, Italians. Like, have you heard of Carmine Persico? Uh, no. He was a big mob boss. Are you related? Yeah. Yeah. Like my great grandpa, after they burned down his spaghetti restaurant, he ended up moving. <laughs> that's the most mafia. <laughs> Didn't want to be a part of that. That's the most mafia Italian story I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so we're related. He looks kind of like my grandma grandpa's and my unc dad's fa- men side of the family with the big noses. <laughs> I uh I found out that I actually have some some a little bit of mafia in my in my blood. My my grand my great grandpa. Jewish mafia. I don't know if it was the Jewish mafia, but you know my great grandfather uh, Ed, who was uh, nicknamed Honey, he was a loan shark in the mm. 1920s, and um, I saw this great picture of him where like he's uh, this very pleasant man sitting on these steps, and then on both sides of him are these two gigantic crooked-looking thick guys. That looked like they're, you know, so it was very clear that he played good cop, bad cop with his clientele, with the air quotes, and, uh, Mm. you know, definitely protected them with the insurance, you know, quite an interesting guy. We'll give him an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah, side swipe I need to watch The Godfather. Are you a big Godfather fan? No, but I need (laughs) to watch it because I want to be able to quote them more. Right, right. You do me a favor, I do you a favor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the difference between you know? a business and a mafia anyways? It's always just about exchanging yeah. favors. Yeah. So that's how it goes. That's how it goes. 
Yeah. But my mafia and your mafia, we we have a we have a good relation. Your mafia called Persico Productions. My mafia called Mr. Thrive Media. Emiko Productions. Emiko Productions. My apologies. Yes. Your mafia. That's okay. I actually heard you describe it to um your buddies that are like at the event. Yeah, like Emiko Productions because it combines my first and last name. Yeah. No, I I. I mean, I think it's a great name for it, honestly. Yeah. I actually just applied to, um, filled out all the paperwork and stuff to get it uh, registered with the government as an LLC. Oh, my God. Congratulations. It's huge. Thank you. Yeah. That's why I had just filled out a will because it's in relation to my company. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. I wasn't just being cryptic. Even though I have, I do talk about it often with about funeral arrangements. And I told my mom last month, "Mom, okay, if anything happens, I you have to go into my um, calendar and tell everyone that I can't make it to our interview. I don't want people to think I'm just like forgetful and like a flake." No, we don't want that. You can't. You can't be those no. things when you're a business owner, anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Let me. Even if I wasn't around. Totally. Let me ask you this: What What is the goal of Emmy Co Productions? What do you What do you hope to achieve with it? Well, basically, to make my own opportunities for myself and all of my friends and creative people around me. I love that. I really you know? do. Yeah, I could just be specific, be like, oh, I want to make my own movies and TV shows and podcasts and live events and clown shows and music label, music shows, music videos, music album. Like all the things I want to do, it ends up being easier for myself who has a lot of energy to make the opportunities for myself because I want to have my own clown show. I want to have my own music record. I have my own podcast. I want to be a writer, director, producer of my own films and TV shows or anything that I want to make. And I want to do it with fun people who are creative. So if I have my own production company, I can do it without having to put all the power into other people's hands, especially, no offense, but white heteronormative guys. Yeah. I don't want stereotypes in the media anymore. Like, I don't want to be falsely represented as a queer person or transgender person or short, childlike looking person. I don't want to be falsely represented anymore. And so I have to employ myself and all the other queer people and people of color so that we can have more authentic representation of ourselves. It needs to be represented more. You know, there's there's been a lot of media and content out there that thinks it's okay to kind of just flub those identities and either cast them as a certain typecast character or to uh, not even have a uh, accurate display on these characters. Uh, it's, it's, it's a darn shame. And we see this, I I'm seeing this weird trend in media right now where, you know, I think because it's been mentioned quite a bit in some of the past uh, Academy Awards that we've seen over the years, there's like some this this weird connotation to it, so we we see now like a like an even more unrealistic uh, display of these things, and like where it's now extreme in the opposite direction sometimes in some of these. Can you clarify what you mean? Yeah, well, I I, I would say that there have been some there's been some some movies that ha- will will put in a character that um is really just there to add as like color. A- as like color or background characters that are p- 
people of color are queer people. Right. And ex exactly. And they're, they're there to add like more diversity to it. But like, they're like the main characters, like, okay, well, it doesn't really seem like it really fits into the picture. It seems like these were, it feels more like they took some extras that <laughs> might've been on break. And then they brought them in randomly where there's actually no intention with them. They're, they're just there. And it's like, it's, right. it's like Hollywood saying, see, we're diverse. We, we do, right. we do diversity. What are you talking about? It's like, no, 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 mm. actually cast them. Actually you yes. know, give them roles, put them in a world that is real. Right. Instead of being stereotypes, background characters, the Asian best friend, the black sidekick. Right. Flesh them out. And that's why we need writers who are these people. Yeah. To give them great lines, relatable lines, main character things. You know, I literally just saw a, a preview screening of a web series yesterday made by queer people about queer people. And it's insane. Edited by queer people. All of it. It's insane the difference between how we're represented and how we put media out there representing ourselves in an authentic way. Right, right. It, it is getting better. There are productions like that that are popping up. And, you know, th that's an incredibly awesome thing to witness. But we can do better. You know, I think there's there's a lot of missed opportunity in time that hasn't been capitalized on. And, uh, you know, I think that it, it really would be great, especially for the younger generations to kind of get this, this normalization of let's call it the anti heteronormative content, but content that makes sense at the same time, not just putting in these right. side characters that are people of color and whatnot, uh, or, or people, the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. that are there to, for the show to claim diversity because there's nothing actually about But them. also, I don't mind being cast as an extra or any of these things as a default. You know, before, like, I, I really enjoyed this show called uh, Gilmore Girls. And so everyone who speaks except one one character, Michelle, the best friend, um, all of them are white. All the characters are white. All the extras are white. They throw in some black people. There's one Asian family, Mrs. Kim and Lane. And that's a best friend. But they definitely throw in those actors just to be diverse. But you don't want to not cast them just because you don't want to have them just because. You should ca keep casting people as extras, but also casting people, people of color and queer people and minorities as main characters as well and we got to write it write it well and have all these people be part of the decision process and all steps of production you know i don't mind being a character just to diversify your crew or diversify your film but i also want it to be written with knowledge you know like i'd also like to to act as I'm a I tr I'm a transgender person, so I wouldn't mind playing transgender roles, but I don't want people to use the wrong words for me in reference to me, in reference to my community. Like, I've been correcting people about the word transgendered. That is not a word 
that is correct at all. I don't like that. You word. don't transgendered into something. It's not. It's not a verb. It's not something you can act. You can do. It's not. Oh, a trans. They transgendered. It's like that's not the right word. Yeah, I don't like that. That's I've never heard anyone say that, and I would stop that a hundred percent. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, I've had someone use it on my podcast just because they didn't know, and so I cor- I corrected them, and people are getting used to being corrected, and we all are working on being humble about it. It's good. It's good. And, you know, yeah. by the way, I'm not a certainly not a perfect model uh, citizen in the world of inclusivity. I've I've made the, the mis- mistake of No like, one's a perfect model, and you shouldn't hold it against yourself because everyone's learning. The world of gender studies is being studied a lot more. In fact, I would say in the past 20 years, it's probably become a lot more under the magnifying glass uh, as of late. And I like the influence that it's creating because it's creating, I think, a much more open and intelligent world towards these topics. I, the best, one of the best classes I ever took at San Francisco State was Variations in Human Sexuality with uh, mm. uh, Dr. Carrington. Really great guy. Uh, I've mentioned it a few times on, on this podcast. And just, just having the chance to, in a 300-person classroom, talk with this incredible speaker. He really was an incredible speaker. He was such a good speaker that in a 300-person room... He made me feel like we were having a one-on-one conversation. Is he the one you would run into on the in the path and be like, "Oh, hey!" And he's like, "Who are you?" Yeah, because yeah. it's such a big room. It's exactly what happened, and I genuinely thought that that was him. And you know that that sorry, I genuinely thought that he would remember me, and then it occurred to me like, "Oh, yeah." Mm. That's why I always sit more towards the front, right directly in front of them. And so I'm just nodding and nodding and they don't they don't ever need to call on me because they're like, yeah, this person knows what I'm talking about. Right, right. Smart, smart. <laughs> so it's, I think that's a good strategy for any classroom. Just nod, sit in the front and you'll never be called on. Uh, Or you will. <laughs> or you will. I, I won't always put never, but hopefully they just like, yeah, yeah. that person knows what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But gender is a huge part of your of your work, as you mentioned. Uh, as as sorry, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, right before we did the trivia warm up, I was wondering if we could speak on that a bit. Mm, of course. What was your moment of realizing that you've never been binary to begin with? Well, really, growing up, there's always moments all the time because everything is gendered. What you wear is gendered. How you're treated is gendered. What you carry around is gendered, like purses or wallets or handbags or, yeah. <laughs> I was going to think of a silly one like slinkies, but everyone carries slinkies. Right. Right. I, I, so, I have one in my back pocket ready to go right now. Of course, ready for a staircase. So everything that society inflicts on us is gendered. And language is gendered. Like, in the Spanish language, they use gendered words all the time they change the word just to make it a more specific gender for some reason or words are gender or like it's just it's just a strange color is gendered i'm the youngest of four and the kid before me was a boy they had two girls before him and so they thought they were done having kids because they finally got a boy but then i showed up and everyone my mom had already gotten rid of all the girl clothes, quote, end quote, angry. Um, and so everyone who heard, oh, Yvonne's having a girl. Ew. And they all got pink stuff. All pink. Every single thing I ever wore for the longest time was pink. 
So my nickname, no one call me this, just my parents, okay? Is <laughs> Pinky. Pinky. Freaking Pinky. Pinky. It's just like everything I wore was pink. My name was Pink. My dad would ask me, oh, why don't you get a purse to put your money in? Why don't you get a purse, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would tell him. Stick it to the man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Huh? That's funny. But all the activities I would do would be stuff with my dad. I would fix the cars with him. I would do construction. I'd build the house. I would do all these different things that people said were things that boys do. And also, in elementary school, they used terms like, you, you run like a girl. You know, all these terms using girl in the negative. So no one, or at least I didn't want to be a girl because people only used it negatively. You run like a girl. You kick like a girl. Nothing worse could ever be inflicted on a man that was worse than being emasculated. Because emasculation means you're a girl or a female person. Something besides masculinity, which is baloney. People can have feminine and masculine energies no matter what genitals they have. Or like gender and sexuality is such a different thing. It's just like there's intersex people with a variety of different configurations. And people shouldn't just like label you from birth and be like, this is what you are. This is the stereotypes you have to conform to because of the few gendered things that we have assigned to the parts that you may have. Or parts that you have, and then we will mutilate to make it more like one or the other, like intersex people, which is very harmful. You know, I don't. Everything know. is gendered. You know, I, I, you you just asked me if I know, and, and the reality is, I I don't know. Right. I'm still learning. I yeah. I will not pretend to be uh, a master in this. I've taken you know that class on it, and I have yeah. a lot no of. No one really is. Right. Right. It's it's something that people are, are, again, beginning to wake up to. And, you know, the 20 years of, of it being paid attention to is not enough to really ingrain that in a part of our lexicon on a regular basis. Or at least 20 years in the main, um, like the main media. Yeah, the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it has been going on for countless, like since the beginning of time, like that gender has been different. And it's westernization of se- like of the sexes or whatever is really what i prefer to push against i respect that and women and people who don't identify as cis heteronormative men get um like oppressed in work environments they don't get um promoted to higher positions they get paid less all these people like I personally work for a military engineering company so I don't get salary I was not put as full-time part-time works for me because I have so many creative endeavors but other female workers also have not been put on salary but the men have and only the men are invited to the meetings and the lunches and so basically anyone who's not a man is a second-class citizen. And that is a problem in many work environments and cultures, societies, whatever. It's it's kind of a horrifying reality. And I've heard people who are naysayers say, well, well give me an example of a business that, that does it. It's like, well, it's not really that hard. 
all of them yeah i i would say most of them not not all of them i don't i don't jump to absolutes like that but i i i do think Mm. most of them do there's always going to be microaggressions places right and the the problem the problem is that there there's such a huge demographic of white middle-aged men who are the business owners and you know i'm i'm in and white old men my the owner of my company is 95 oh my god Go retire. He still shows up. Yes, he needs to. He should have retired back when he retired the first time in his 80s. Even 80s is late. Oh, my God. I imagine when you're a military technology company that you are going to be fine. Yes. You're doing just fine, even if you're just a part-time owner. He's a millionaire. He never needed to keep working. Yeah. Sounds like he was just he bored. doesn't need it. <laughs> Honestly. He is bored. Yeah. Yes. But even how people are treated, people who, like men- hug women they handshake other men and i always found this and many things like this annoying as fuck (laughs) so annoying yeah and you might feel a little targeted because you like hugs and i like hugs so many people like hugs but i've just noticed no one shakes my hand they hug me and it's just annoying that they shake other people's hands if i was born a man and i was taller i would get i've gotten a handshake as a default it's fair it's you know i i get that i or holding my door open i hate that you hate that i hate it so much it's like they challenge me to hold the door open for me it's like i can hold doors open too i hate that so there's just so many things that people think is chivalrous which is really just old world and makes me feel like a second class citizen and in order to stop the problem of making, uh, you know, people of of you know female or non-binary genders to stop to, to stop being kind of alienated in these in these settings, we got to stop genderizing everything we do, every part of our behaviors, being. everything. Because that's, if you're gonna that's... hold the door for someone, hold it for everyone, but don't force them to walk through it or under your arm. I hate that. Just because I'm short doesn't mean you can hold the door open and I have to go under your arm. Right, under your smelly armpit. (laughs) Yes. So many examples of this. It makes me furious. I picture, I feel like you'd like be able to figure out by this point with uh, all the underarm door opens that you've witnessed, that you've partake, that you've been victimized to. You can tell who's using Axe and who's using uh, Old Spice and who's using all these awful deodorants. And I don't want to know. Or the ones who don't even use deodorants in the first place. And that's not your business. You don't need to know that. No, and I don't even walk under my dad's armpit because he doesn't do that to me because he treats me as a person. There we go. Not any stupid gendered things, you know? It seems like your family has been an incredibly supportive part of your journey in finding yourself, whether it's being an entrepreneur or an artist, uh, you as a non-binary person. Yeah, but there's always a learning curve to things, and it takes everyone including myself, time to learn, time to adjust, time to retrain our brains. And so no one should feel bad when they're trying and they're learning and they're working on it. Like I personally, I think of everyone in a they-them setting. Like I use they-them in my head and in general for most people until corrected that they do use she, her, or he, him, or z-them. I don't know how to use the other ones yet. I have to learn that. But pe- people and family members should all be gentle with themselves and just keep trying. I think that that is a very wise bit of advice. And I think that's applicable to a lot of different things uh, to be gentle yourself, Everything. but open to learn at the same time. 
it, it and it seems like you got some really great things with Emmy Co Productions just trying to uh, build it so that, that way it can create these opportunities so you can build a career off of that, be around the arts world and whatnot. Things like this yes. excite me when I learn about this because these are potential partnerships for my company to work with as well. Uh, Definitely, you know, and I, I love, I love. Gotta work with your friends. Yeah, yeah. So, and and you're performing at this month's Pride event, which we're very excited about. Um, I'm very. I am. I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited play to play some you. original songs. Yeah, so, I'm because you're quite the musician. You're quite the singer. And uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I was listening to your work on SoundCloud. We'll put that link in the show notes of this episode. If someone listening to this show right now wanted to get a hold of you, what is the best way to reach out? Well, Instagram is the thing I check regularly, and I have Instagrams for multiple things. So my main Instagram is mpersico, E M P as in Paul, E R S I C O. But I also have websites, which are also linked on my Instagram. So really, anything you want, you could find it through my main Instagram account. Amazing. All that information will be displayed in the show notes of this episode. And finally, M. Yay. The question I ask everybody, everybody on this podcast, what will you be famous for? For having a badass production company and making art that people like, or at least that I like. Who cares what other people think? M. Persico, everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. It has been an absolute pleasure. And uh, really, uh, this has been a lovely learning experience. I'm so excited to work with you more and watch Emmy Co. Productions thrive and grow to be the amazing. Thrive. Yeah, I had to throw it in there. I had to sprinkle it in there. But uh, come to the June 29th networking party for Pride. Oh, yes. It is our one-year anniversary. Uh, We'll see you then. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. This podcast releases bi-weekly on Fridays. To attend one of our networking events, visit the registration link in the show notes or go to www.mrthrive.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Email chaz at mrthrive.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.